Nice to you guys. This episode is Rachel Music. Yes, her name is that. Um, she is a writer, a burlesque performer, a circus performer, a f- former actor, we get into that, and a staggering wit and delight to be around. Um, I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did. We talk about uh, ADHD and diagnosis and family background a lot, and it's a really good time. She's really funny and great. Um, if you like this program and are interested in our, our other programs, go to patreon.com slash waywardwordsmiths and donate there. Or you can go to our website, waywordwordsmiths.wordpress.com, to just get more information. Um, the other thing, the thing I said about Patreon is if you want to support us using your money bits that you get from other people and choose to give them out the way you want to do that. Goodbye. I just gonna I'm gonna start the interview now. I hope you like it. That is the question. Uh-huh. I think therefore I am a legend. It's 24-7-365. Parents advise discretion with thoughts like mine. Empires fall. You should know that these walls only up for protection. World on guard, got them all on the edge. Falls at eight feet, barely balance the tension. Raising the heat, I could leave any second. Fall to the street and be home by eleven. Do an interview with KP on the session and laugh when he asks if it's passion or an obsession. Yes, the point I'm at, there's no difference. A thin line between madness and brilliance. So before I succumb to my illness, I'ma keep it real, make sure. Hi, Rachel. Hi. <laughs> You, um, your, your last name is Rachel, your, your first name is Rachel, your last name is Music. That is correct. And you are, where are you from again? Central PA. Pennsylvania? Yes. Oh, good, I I guess correct. Oh, man, I'm having a hard time talking. Yeah. Which is optimal for this particular format. That's cool. I will make it up for you in speed. Good, good. Yeah. Um, Central Pennsylvania and Southern by extraction, I guess. Like, I also spent a lot of, well, okay. So, what's, explain that, please. I mean, I'm Southern by extraction. My family, the French Huguenots, no. Not to get (laughs) Blanche up in here. Up in here? Up in here. Gross. I'm gonna, you're gonna make me lose my mind. (laughs) Up in here? Up in here. Yeah. See, that was very good, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) Confirm. (laughs) Confirm. Very good bit. Very good bit. Good gold star, good boy. <laughs> Thank uh, you, ma'am. Don't call me ma'am. I hate it. No, my um, my mom's Mommy, family. Is that better? <laughs> got weird real quick, huh? I don't know, man. You'd be surprised. Okay, it's the boobs. I got a lot of like maternal mm. fellas yeah. types. That's what they seek from me. Mm. I'm like, I can't take care of myself. How could I take care of you? I'll get to the southern by extra. But yeah, yeah, that. Come back go, to it. Go down the. Say libertarian later, and I'll remember it. Okay. My mom's family is from Kentucky. Yeah. Fish Trap, Kentucky, specifically. What There's... What does that mean? What do you mean? Is Fish Trap like a name of a town? Yeah. Oh, my God. My, yeah. There's Fish Trap in Raccoon, Kentucky. It's near Paducah. 
There is a plot of land. Okay, so it's not our fault that we don't take Southerners seriously because those are the names of their towns. 100%. Okay. Total forgiveness there. Like, there is a music plot of land where all the musics are buried. Ooh. Mm-hmm. One That's day the where the music goes to die? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'll be buried there because two generations of my family haven't been to that plot of land ever mm. since my one-legged great-uncle Calvin was uh, he was buried but he wasn't embalmed first so during the funeral rigor mortis said and he sat up in his coffin my grandmother shit her pants ran out of the church and hasn't been back to Kentucky since that sounds like you made it up but I know you and you didn't it, I super didn't like oh boy yeah <laughs> okay that side of the family is from Kentucky my father's side of the family are dirt farmers from the Carolina hills both of them had children that went up north. Up they, north. They became Yankees. Mm-hmm. And they met each other because they were both driving Jaguars and my dad tried to sell my mom a timeshare. That's how they met. Then What? Yep. Says in your mind when you're confronted but like, no, I'll trust this man for ever. Um, he was very persistent. Oh. He was trying to sell her a timeshare. He hit on her the whole time. Uh-huh. He went out to drive home. Uh-huh. Saw that my mom's car, I don't know how I knew it was my mom's car. I didn't ask that part. Clairvoyance. It's creepy. Sure. He saw she was driving a Jag, and he had been driving a Jag at a that Jaguar. time. A Jaguar. A Jaguar. A Jaguar. A Jaguar. That's my, that's my car commercial voice is the Jaguar. And when you look up, they drop on you. Just a giant car. <laughs> On Winnie the Pooh. On Winnie the Pooh. So he wrote oh, her Bobby. a note and stuck it to her windshield. Oh, oh, that's good. Uh-huh. What a good thing to do with to a her, woman. With his number on it. And I guess he just pursued her persistently enough that she eventually said yes and then <sighs> married him. And I'm what happens when the head cheerleader and like all-star quarterback marry uh-huh. and uh they made me and i've been disappointing them ever since oh, but that sounds like a, you know at least genetically you're doing <clears throat> great that is true like yeah. i'm not physically athletic in any way but the reason i've been able to take up circus no just hear me out i was really bad at sports i'm very bad hand-eye coordination but i am one of those myths i'm one of those mythical mesomorphs where like my body responds to exercise oh sure so i'm not nimble i'm not coordinated but you swole i can get swole but you swole is for right <laughs> i can do like circus shit now yeah but was a terrible as I, but i was a terrible point guard uh-huh um we used to play basketball i was in christian school God, we're all over the map i'm so sorry it's okay i used to play basketball in third grade when i was in christian school and we played against the mennonites who played in Now, when you say that... I say Mennonites. Do you... Now, when you say Mennonites... Uh-huh. Do you mean their team name was the Mennonites, or did you <laughs> play basketball with some bearded fellows? No, they were women in bonnets and skirts. They wore their bonnets and skirts on the court. And I remember them all being um, six foot tall. I don't know what they fed these Mennonite girls. They whooped our asses every time. Well, yeah, of course. Like, they Grass have nothing fake. else to do but practice basketball. Well, I'm only, they, they only weave the when baskets they, well, and then they play the ball. Only during the daytime. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they couldn't light the coal. Wait, the Mennonites are actually okay with electricity. Yeah. Common misconception. Yes. Mennonites it's, are fine, Amish or not. Well, that's.
that seems very judgmental. What's your beef against the Amish? No, they just like you no, they're, they're fine, fine with with technology. Ele- with technology. The Amish the- are not like, but Amish people can like go into a car. They just can't own the car. Sure, right. Kind of like the way you can like a Jewish person if they're like really they're practicing can hire a person to come to their house and to turn the lights on to turn the lights on or as the was the case for a friend of mine to hold their baby for a a, like a jewish baptism ceremony but it was on the sabbath so the parents couldn't take care of the baby because it was heavy lifting yeah because it was was a fat baby i i don't know if it was a fat baby (laughs) i want to know like at what point like if you're really strong and the baby is light does that not count as work because you're like oh i could hold this baby all All day day. (laughs) (laughs) i don't i really i as someone who is not jewish i got this one yahweh it's cool yeah uh, (laughs) it is yahweh Yahweh to go yeah um so libertarian later so now i had a friend who told me once uh back when i was you know not as woke as I am now. Nice verb edge. I'm verb edging over here. Ugh. Just, Gross. just you're you're almost talking dirty is what it is. Like that's verb edging. Ugh. It's just like you're. It's very sexual, but in such a banal way. Plausible deniability. Yeah. That's all my flirting. That's yeah. all my flirting is mm-hmm. being like just in case this. That so I'm bad. reading. Just in case I'm reading this wrong. This could also very very subtext heavy. Yeah. Do you know? Like, do you want to go get a coffee? Ooh, yes, exactly. Yes. I like to stir my coffee very vigorously with one of those swizzle sticks. <laughs> but I don't like the wooden swizzle sticks because I don't like the feel of it on my tongue. So libertarianism. Sure. Um, <laughs> when you weren't as woke. Yeah, when I was... Uh, when you weren't as woke. Yeah, when I was at NYU, I was... A member of the NYU College Libertarians Club. Oh boy! I was the only girl. Well, that tracks. It super does. Like that makes the like the fact that you were there at all has surprised me. Really? Well, no. Like now knowing you, it didn't surprise me. But also just the fact that they would let you in. Are you kidding me? I had boobies. That's fair. They were like, "This is normally just like a time suck of an hour and a half in my week." So like, but now, now I get to look at some tits. Pretty much. And Man, coming from one coming from Central mm-hmm. PA, and I very much had that that fallacy growing up of the bootstraps and like mm-hmm. you know the ideal of a meritocracy. And I grew up very stubborn, and this whole like everyone knows what's good for them, and mm. if not, that's not my problem. So this sort of social Darwinist yeah. thing, I. I bought into it whole hog. Now, I'm still very socially liberal in the sense that we should legalize everything and just, like, tax the fuck out of it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, deregulate sex work. It all should be legal. If we get to sex work, that's cool, too. I can talk about that till the cows come home. But mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine who is twice my age and a bit of, like, a, a writing mentor for me. And I mentioned this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a lapsed libertarian. And he goes, don't be offended. I 100% know why. And I said, is it because where I'm from? And he says, No. It's because you um, have real bad issues with your mom. And exactly. I, that's the face I made. You can't see the face, but. I was like. Baru? Bum, 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 bum. Mother issues? But yes. And he said, show me a libertarian and I'll show you someone with mommy issues. And I said. Go on. Elucidate. Elucidate. Please. But por favor. And he says, you grow up going 
if my own mother won't take care of oh, me, shit. how can I expect the government to? Oh, wow. I know. That's like, that's good. The only other major libertarian that I know personally has father issues. So it makes also sense. But there's this element yeah. like, if I'm not taken care of and if you're also in a I got to be self-sufficient. <clears throat> Everyone should be self-sufficient. Everyone should just like suck it up and make it happen yep. for them because I did. Yeah. So like this latchkey kid, I turned out fine and my parents didn't hold my hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? So you grow up being like, so the fuck is disability? The fuck is social security? And you end up thinking like it's unfair. It's a weird jealousy. Yeah. Um, and then of course I grew up and was like, Oh, hang on a second, though. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe revisit this. Yeah. Mm, and now it's it's more like a, mm, shouldn't everybody yeah, just, just take a care of I was just wondering, uh, could you, you know, <laughs> spread the roof around a little bit? Pretty, pretty please. Uh, and you went to NYU? I did. For what and how was that? I went to NYU for theater. And I don't want to bite the hand that fed me and then made me go hungry. Ah! <laughs> um, waka waka. Sure. But NYU is a really, really great school for people who know exactly what they want to do. And everyone was there in the theater department. These were people who were like, I want to be an actor. Yes. I really want to be an actor. And you spent nine hours a day, three days a week, in all black, rolling around oh, on the God. floor. Yeah. Okay. Now, there are different studios. Like, NYU has the yeah, yeah, Strasbourg yeah. studio. I was Stella mm. Adler, and Stella Adler is mm-hmm. um, a, a great, accomplished studio that, in my opinion, and again, like, take all of this with a grain of salt, they're still kind of stuck in the 70s. Yeah. They're, lo- s- they're still very, like, in well, love with um, Harold Klarman mm-hmm. and Odette's and that whole well-made play of okay. the 40s and 50s. You are here to be actors. You are here to, like, eat breathe and shit acting and if you came in it was sort of okay to bring another twin peaks joke back sure uh it's like if you you know how hawk is like if you go into the black lodge with imperfect courage it will annihilate your soul let's see i know what that means sure it doesn't but that's the the thing that is if you come to an nyu acting program that is not Playwrights Horizons, which is very, like, they want to teach you everything. I yeah. sh- In retrospect, I should have been placed there. Okay, so Imperfect Courage. I came to yeah. acting as a big fish in a small pond. I was a small little town, and it was like, Rachel can do these things, and no one else at this school can do these things. And I was like, I'm going to chase that feeling. Yeah. That great admiration and praise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to chase it all the way to the big city. And I realized, oh, my God, everyone here wants to do what I do. Yes. Um, and a lot of them are really good mm-hmm. and I just don't know if like I love it that much and so mm-hmm. I came in going but I also sing but I also write mm-hmm. but I also do this stuff and there yeah. was an attitude from my instructors of like then you're not serious that's frustrating um, it was because I and it at Tish yeah. you can't take um, languages there are a lot of humanities courses that you can't take and also have the studio part of your degree. And so I'm going, how can I grow as a person and get an actual education, a Catholic mm-hmm. education in the classic sense of the mm-hmm. word, all encompassing and, and, and with breadth. Mm-hmm. And so I took as many academic semesters as I could mm-hmm. just to learn you know, Buddhism and anthropology and all these things that ended up making me a much more interesting person, I would argue, yeah. than two hours of Alexander technique a week. Yeah. Like, okay, that's very frustrating, it's specifically as someone who also does a bunch of other stuff. Like, sure. that was also a very similar vibe, um, kind of, <clears throat> but it's also like, 
you like I find more and more the more you experience the better you are at acting that's just why older no actors are better and so the more you try and consume even when you're like a young person and experiences either like going out with your friends and making connections or like learning about like take a knitting class learn something sure the better you'll be and the more of a like the more you let your own personality seep in one way or another into what you're doing, the better it is and the more truthful it is. And the fact that acting teachers really want to teach you how they feel and they act. And it's like, it's all through their lens. And it's like, yes, I respect that. And I want to learn. Part of it is also accepting, like, you look at the world differently than I do. You mm-hmm. look at this technique differently than I do. I want to learn as much as I can and, like, make it applicable and once you realize that you do become a better actor but it is one of those things of like you just basically all good to me all good acting is is being relaxed breathing fully and then just like listening to what's going on and you can do that whether or not you've taken a class done research or if you've just like but also if you have a bunch of thoughts and feelings and emotions that are all going on within you that aren't necessarily to do with what's happening uh-huh. that's also compelling like if you're just a human fucking being yeah that's why i really like i'm just why i really admire like the work adam driver does in both star wars and everything else is he's never not a full human being he's like it's a bunch beautiful. of weird mannerisms and he makes jokes the way people like he's just a normal fucking person it's really engaging to watch yeah i think it's why there might be at least from a new yorker's perspective i've yeah. seen uh, live theater, and I would tie this into circus later, but I'm really interested mm-hmm. in where we are now sure. in terms of like we're revisiting liveness as a performance. And what yeah. you're talking about is film, television, web series, stage doesn't matter. Just be in a live person. Person. Yep. And I got really disillusioned in acting school because I saw a lot of the teachers trying to treat these students as kind of vessels and like reliquaries mm-hmm. for ideas and, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's something to be said for technique i love you know voice and speech work i mm-hmm. think it's important to be fully in your body and all that stuff is just that's how you fine-tune the machine but the yeah. engine the cpu is what you're talking about yeah is the the experiences and the nuances that you just as a, as a person so like if i become a better person by i don't know going to an old folks home and talking to everybody and then doing charity work and then maybe I like foster an iguana and it dies (laughs) you know all these things that just give you life experience yeah that has nothing to do with curse of the starving class no but it would make me a better character in it just because I have more stuff yeah the weight the emotional weight that you bring of your own life to the thing and the, the stakes you bring of, like, just being alive and recognizing that you're alive is the most important thing to me. And that's so cool. But I, and, and I think I got burned out by seeing yeah. seeing kids my age, and, and, and we were just kids, mm-hmm. and the idea that they had to just read a bunch of books and that that would make them a better actor or, like, do all the voice and speech work and it would make them a better actor. And then they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't um, go out. They wouldn't experience life. And I would see the scene study, and it hit me one time that this girl was doing Harper, and I had done Harper from Angels in America. Sure. I had done Harper the previous year. And I had to go, I had to drop back a year, essentially, Mm -hmm. because I took so many semesters to, I don't know, like, be a better person. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a shitty way to say it. But you know what I'm saying? Get more world experience. Thank you. That's better. Because better, like, you can always be better. Yeah. Like, that you were a better person, you were more well-rounded person but that doesn't have anything to do with morals cool and there the you go. In- inference of like morality there Love anyway continue. and 
this girl goes up and she does Harper and she did something very, very different than what I had done. Mm-hmm. And the teacher uh, stops, you know, let me stop you. You know mm-hmm. how it works. Yeah, yeah. You're like seven lines in. It's just let me stop you. And gives the exact same speech she gave me a year prior. Yeah. Which is basically this sort of immutable, there's only one pl- way to play this scene. And your job is to develop enough reading comprehension that you can find it. Like, they, they took a very s- script analysis way, which I love as a writer. I love script analysis. But I would find, <laughs> and so they'd be like, you need to sit on stage and you've been waiting for your husband for six hours. Yeah. And that's what we need to see. And that's the whole life of the scene. And until you get that, this will not be well played. And I'm sitting hmm. there like, that's exactly what you said to me. Mm-hmm. Is there just one way to do this? That there, That can't be right. That can't be right. And the, the the moment I realized I was just a better writer was, oddly enough, Curse of the Starving Class. Mm-hmm. And I had done... Are you familiar with the play? No. Okay, so it's Sam Shepard. Okay. And um, I did all of this research of, you know, when it was written and where it was written and, like, that, what, what part of the country it's in and the sociopolitical climate and all this script and text analysis and this girl has just been thrown from a horse in the previous scene. And so sure. I was like, I do special effects makeup. What mm-hmm. if I'm starting the scene, like, with a head wound and I made mm-hmm. a head wound and I'm sitting at the table and I'm, like, you know, tapping at it with gauze yeah. and really interested in, in <laughs> this thing. And I gave her like a tick because she's a very anxious child. Sure. And we go and we do the scene. And the instructor goes, okay, Rachel, so that was really interesting to watch. And you're very, very clever. But what the fuck was that? (laughs) Because that's not Sam Sam Shepard. Yeah. And she goes, you've got a lot of weird, dark energy. And I gave you Sam Shepard to sort of exercise that. Yep. And she goes, and I don't know how you could make Sam Shepard darker. But you mm. did go. She goes, go do a one woman version of the pillow man <laughs> and just get it all out of your system because that was so cool. But none of it is the play. Usable. You tried to write another play. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess I did. And yeah. she's like, just do you write or something? Yeah. Good. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so that's what you did. You just tried to rewrite the play. And no offense, but Sam Shepard's a really good playwright. Don't yeah. redo it. Yeah. Just write your own fucking play. Yeah. And it was a really, like, nasty moment. Because it's in front of your peers, and you're, like, super embarrassed. But I walked out of there being like, I'll show you. Yeah, I just, maybe I will. Maybe yeah. I will. And then went, okay, so, like, this is where my focus is. I love the process. Mm-hmm. I love the building of worlds and mm-hmm. all that. Oh. Oh, so the control freak in me just yeah. wants to be a writer instead. Yeah. And I pretty much immediately was like, I got to get out. I got to do all the writing semesters and all the writing classes that I can. Mm-hmm. Couldn't change majors. Tried to, but they cut the writing department's oh. budget, and they weren't taking any new students, and they weren't oh. taking any new double majors or switches. So, huh? That would have happened over the course of what five, four or five years. That happened because um, that's a bit of a that's nope. a that's a long time to sit and go. Well, what am I doing? Well, it honestly cool. happened at like the beginning of sophomore. Uh, okay, pretty much actually the end of freshman year. I wanted to try it again, uh-huh. and um, I tried just like one more semester at the beginning of my sophomore year and we had to do these poetry projects at, which were found text and you would basically have five minutes to create a small show oh. based only on found text and I was like this is it and mm-hmm. it was the coolest I used sections of 
God's Ear. I used like a Bukowski poem. I used uh, like Decemberist song lyrics and mm-hmm. Dresden Doll song lyrics. And it was this weird little mini saga of like a housewife. And she's like asking why her husband is leaving. And then I pulled out a giant enameled tray covered in vibrators. And <laughs> it sounds really like... You're very good. I like that a lot. That's very good. But it was it was the the... At, this is gonna oh gross. So at the time, at the tender age of twenty, I had not yet ever had an orgasm, and but I was that like, tracks in a weird promiscuous place, and I was kind of like throwing New York. my yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny. Thank but you. But in life as well, mm-hmm. and so there's this whole the whole middle act of this five minute piece was me reciting like Dresden Dolls lyrics about how like. Um, I have no, I'm not, I'm too busy to have friends and uh-huh. I'm going to take, and I'm turning on these vibrators the whole time <laughs> and it's rattling on this metal tray yeah. and I eventually have to yell over That's it. That's so funny. To be heard. Oh boy. That's and, a lot to unpack. And then immediately after I turn off all the vibrators, this remix of lollipop, lollipop. That's so good. Comes on and I'm like stripping out of my, this is the, like, that's the, that's the root of, of my burlesque performance. Yeah, of what you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. I'm yeah. just realizing this now yeah. that I'm like stripping out of this, like rem- to re- oh, this remix to lollipop with Bukowski quotes over it. My favorite thing, like the, <laughs> the juxtaposition of your personality is very good. Oh, and as much as like, well, cause like you have this like, lovely lightness of being and you're very <laughs> joyful but there's just this thing underneath always that's like but life's fucking up weird huh <laughs> like oh yeah this is shit's gonna get strange my friend yes yes very good that's a good way to put it yeah I probably yeah but my question is like as an actor when you're given a script mm-hmm. how does being a writer has that changed how you approach the text work or in any way um, probably, but I also haven't acted in such a long time. Hmm. The last acting I ever did was when I dove so deep into the text, and it was I was in Passion Play sure. by Sarah Rule. Are you familiar with the show? I am not. Um, it I is... don't. I, I'm very theater play illiterate. All right, cool. So you know so. how we had like Shakespearean actresses or like yeah. Shavian actresses? They would only do like Shakespeare yeah. or Shaw. Mm-hmm. Wild. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this would it surprise is. you in no way. Um, I sucked at realism. Sure. I couldn't just be myself on stage. Sure. I could kill it at Oscar Wilde. As sure. soon as you put like an affect on it and suddenly mm-hmm. like there are a series of gestures and mm-hmm. a series of vocal mm-hmm. color, that's my shit. Mm-hmm. And it's what made me feel so upset when at the end of my basically my tenure at Adler, the instructor I respected the most yeah. said something that helped me but I don't think she meant it to which yeah. is she sits back and she's like Rachel so you seem to be at your most truthful when you're making the strangest choices and the biggest choices and it leads me to believe that you're not actually an actor you're an entertainer mm. and she said it with this stank on it and I walked out like what's the fucking problem with that yeah, nothing nothing yeah. that's also what I like doing mm-hmm. um Burp, 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 burp. So if there were, if we did that now, like Shakespearean actresses, Shavian mm-hmm. actresses, whatever, Sarah Rule would be the plays that I would do. If you could okay. exclusively just perform one playwright's work, it would be hers. Sure. She's got this very lyrical, heightened style and deals a lot in mythology, deals a lot in history. Um, there's some beautiful stuff. And Passion Play is... What a wonderful world it would be. 
yup, <laughs> is this three and a half hour uh, historical epic mm-hmm. about the passion play that is the you yep. know the, the interpretation of the crucifixion. Yes, and it's in three acts. One is in fifteenth century England. One is in World War II era Bavaria in uh, Oberammergau. And the final is 1969 in South Dakota in the middle of Vietnam. 69, nice. Yeah. Nice. And it's the same cast yeah. in three acts, yep. um, all basically performing a version of the Passion Play. And they, she does so much with, you know, someone who plays Jesus in the first, in the in, in Elizabethan time, plays Judas, Judas yep. in another one, and then, mm-hmm. you know, is playing, like, a character. The cock that crows. Sure. sure. <laughs> so my job in this play was... Yeah. Is the most selfish work I've ever done and the most fun I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And the reason I eventually stopped acting, because I was like, it'll never be like this again. Oh. I was Queen Elizabeth I. Oh, that's very good. Ronald Reagan. Oh, that's very good. And Hitler. Oh, man, that's a lot. That's so good. And my job was to come out at the end of every act and just do a monologue. That's very good. I know. Um. So, yeah, that was when I stopped acting. Yeah. I went out on top. I was like, this is... Never again will I do this. <laughs> I was, I knew I'd never have this much fun again. Yeah. Because what I was doing was essentially being a dramaturg. Yeah. Who then just did a monologue. That's great. Um, it was so fulfilling. I was like, wait a second. What if I put half of this work into something that better actors could do for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did that instead. And that's what I do. No. I'm a recovering actor. <laughs> I don't touch the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this though, like um, you kind of tapped into something of like the minute you and I have I have a very similar thing. I had a moment of, when you're talking about like how you, when you have an affectation, it becomes more truthful and that sort of thing. Mm. I was doing Meisner um, my first year in school, and my my Meisner teacher, very very good teacher. I don't like the technique myself. Sure. Because it just you don't like the technique yourself. I am not going to play this game with you. Thanks. <laughs> but it was very good. Um, but no, like, mostly just because the way she was, like, very secretive about it. Like, because I read most of the book on the way over, and so she's precious. like, stop reading it because you need to discover this. I'm like, no, I need to know the objective of what. And then I realized, oh, oh, I should do objective work. Mm. <laughs> because I was like, I need to know what's going on. I need to know what I'm, the purpose of this. Otherwise, it's just pointless garbage. Right. And it kind of is for the first few weeks. But anyway, I was doing, we were doing um, Crimes of the Heart. And I was playing the lawyer. I can't remember his name. Barnett is his name. Yeah. <laughs> I was encouraged. Yeah. I got a concussion doing Crimes of the Heart. Oh, that's very. I was babe. Very good. But like I started, I did all the, you know, and we did finals and she was like, but for finals, I just want you to do, prepare that the way you normally would and not like think about Meissner technique at all. And so I did all this research. I looked up a bunch of videos of people talking with Southern accents and like a nice, like, drawl not a yeah yeah not a twang a, bo- a beauregard yeah, yeah exactly yeah and well give me all the pertinent information you could and i actually got based it off of james earl jones oh. like the born in mississippi raised in alabama and was a stutterer that sort of thing and like Love i do it. the whole scene and at one point the person playing babe in my in my scene who is the best the best meisner actor i've ever seen she just shows up and is present and engaged and she was like oh you just have a gift um but she at one point just like gently touched my hand like as a you know a friendly gesture as you and I started I blushed I started sweating and that sort of thing and my teacher was like oh at the end of the scene you're a character actor I was like this is what I've been saying the whole year why don't you believe me yeah and she's like 
okay, so it's not that you're a bad actor. It's just that you this don't work for you good. Sure, 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 yeah. That's the exa- yeah, very, very, very much. But going to that, and this is a nice segue, I think the reason that is the case is because of the hyperactivity I have. If I'm thinking about five other things other than what's going on and I'm not worried at all what connecting with another person, mm. if I'm just worried about how my voice is coming out, I'm going to be more open and engaged to things because you're distracting your own mind. Yes. Um, you have to fill up every, I, I've, I've thought of it as like, you have, uh, my brain has, okay, th- now this part I've not thought about before, but I'm gonna yep. make the analogy on the fly. My brain's like a power strip. Sure. Sure. And, um, if I'm doing realism and you're asking me to just like be Rachel on stage, but her name is Francine, like, like, yeah. fuck you, I can't. All of this power <laughs> is just like sitting there in this power strip and just, and that's how it feels. But if I plug one plug in and it's going to um, RP. Yeah. Now I'm doing Pinter. Yeah. And I'm, I've got one plug and it's making sure that I speak like this. Mm-hmm. And I perhaps I've watched a lot of you know Emma Thompson or something. And I, I'm it's trying very to get Emma Thompson. It's not, but I, it's me thinking about Emma Thompson. McCall. Sure. McCauley. Yes. <laughs> and then I have one plug that then goes into uh, making sure that there's an ice cube in my sternum. That's one plug. And another mm-hmm. one goes into don't move anything except your left ankle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One is your, you've had three glasses of wine. Think mm-hmm. about that. And then one is paused because it's Pinter. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, now and he's just suddenly, big into bears. He's just like big into bear paws. <laughs> just yeah. like brrr, big hairy paws. <laughs> really surprisingly good tracker. Yeah. Harold Pinter. Pinter was <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> Truly so, fantastic. Oh my God. Oh, I just watched that over Christmas and his work is amazing. Speaking of character actors, yep. it's transcendent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I put my hands up on my hand. <laughs> like this. <laughs> but so I like, just realized now him all... in that movie, sorry, side, sure. him in that movie is so similar to John Lithgow, Lithgow's, oh my God, I'm gorgeous. Oh my God. Yes. That's so great. Anyway, so, but um, you're, you have so all yeah, these plugs. So, and suddenly, like, I'm rerouting yeah. the energy. Mm-hmm. And other because it's it's something that would nor, that would otherwise be a live wire just like dancing around in my head throwing yep. off sparks. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what it would do. Yep. And I have to harness it and send it somewhere and ground it. Yeah. And the best way I've found to do that is character work. Yeah. See, like for sure. And I wish I was into objectives like you were. That always bored the shit out of me i hate because as fair. soon as i would figure out like i need to seduce this person then i have an msnbc ticker going on in my brain going seduce him seduce him seduce him seduce him seduce him, seduce yep. him and i'm not listening mm-hmm. um it man for like not acting we're talking a lot about acting no it's, yeah. it's fascinating though but but yeah the hyperactivity that's a very yeah. good segue yeah um, this beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> so the all that work and that sort of thing so is that why you were initially drawn to acting you were like i have this filter now that calms me i feel less anxious now that i'm playing a person and when did that start happening and that sort of thing like when because you, mm. you have the adhd and the bummers as I like not to call Not the bummers. Not the bummers? Nah, not really. No? Um, my therapist, luckily, was it's so funny. I'm just starting to see him, Andre. He's mm-hmm. Russian. I love him. And he's like, you're not depressed. Mm. This is wonderful. You're not actually depressed. Um, I th- you are anxious and mm-hmm. very, very hyperactive. Yeah. And uh, your coping mechanism is to um, withdraw, mm-hmm. but is not sad. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah. At my core, I'm not a sad person. I get yeah. irritable and angry, but that's more a hyperactivity thing. Yeah, and like the thing I've always said is like when you have nine thoughts a second, about three of them are bad about yourself. Like you oh, can't help that. Fucking absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So like, of course you're anxious yeah, 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 yeah. because you have so like a cacophony, a cacophony, if you were a cacophony nice. of words. Thank you. Nice. Um, but anyway. The question I asked you, mm-hmm. so it was focusing mm-hmm. you, and when did you st- like? When um, did you start going? Acting, well, acting didn't focus me no? for a very. It, honestly, okay. I never found that therapeutic aspect of character sure. acting um, until college, sure. and at that point, I had developed my love of writing as a means to mm-hmm. uh, sort of uh, catch the outpouring mm-hmm. of emotion that I couldn't put into theater. So, incidentally, tiny, tiny sidebar, since sure. you coined a word with Lexi in it a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I coined the word, and I want to make it a thing. It's sure. a good word. So, the word is lexicreep. The gerund is to, no, the infinitive would be to lexicreep, <laughs> which is the process by which a word slowly enters common parlance. Mm, like vor has. Sure. Vor. <laughs> Lexicrept its way. Yeah, oh, into, that's very good. Into the common tongue. Lexicrept is very good. See, it's got a built-in. Um, but am I a lexicrept pe- keeper? You're a lexicreep. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's no, very good. I was just an outgoing child. Um, uh-huh. um you have mm-hmm. a kind of uh, like a weird history with diagnosis and mental health and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, agree, yes, agreed. So um, you were misdiagnosed as having bipolar disorder. I was. By... College. By well, co- by, mm, like, yeah. when did that, like... Tell me that story, please. Okay, so I Because I think was, that's very interesting, because I had the reverse. No problem. Continue. I was court-ordered to... Ooh. I was court-ordered to see a uh, psychiatrist in high school when I was at the epicenter of a not-small scandal in my small town. Okay. Sure. I mean, like, what I'll elaborate I, or not. It's whatever. It's this whole, like... You can just say that, and that's sure. fine. Whatever Neat. you're comfortable with. And I, uh, yeah, it was this big scandal. Um, a teacher got fired from my school. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he was fixing to get with me. Oh, I, no. I was 13. That's gross. It's, yeah. That's not cool. Not cool. It was lame. That was... <laughs> boo. <laughs> I was also, yeah, I was also super pissed off because the um, the DA of York County dropped a charge against him mm-hmm. that would have put him on the sex offender registry mm-hmm. because they didn't think I could handle testifying. Oh, and, that's like, dumb. It was like weird drooling. It was like, <laughs> it really like made me angry because I was like, nobody consulted me. Of course I can testify, you fuckers. Uh, yeah, I'm 13. I'm a teen. At that point I was 15 because like. Well, then yeah. I know, and they were like, "We don't. We want to spare." Like, I found out after the fact that to spare to spare me, they like lessened the charges. Anyway, no, so bad. I was, yeah, I know. So I was required to see um, a psychiatrist, and it took a very long because it's got to be your fault that you let him on. No, no, no. It no? wasn't like that. okay. Although, like, I dealt personally, yeah, with a lot of like, because I was I. I had like the biggest crush on this teacher. So oh, for I see. A, for a long time, I really felt like. No, 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 no. Like, this was my idea. Oh, no. And this, like, married 28-year-old dude is just, yeah. like, has seen that I'm an old soul. No, 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 I know. no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, hey. I mean, I've seen the movie Breathe. It's very good. I but, haven't, so okay, I wouldn't Okay, basically, like, that's the plot. Sure. I mean, it, and, and I felt terrible for you. I thought that, like, I'd gotten off easy and I'd ruined this man's life. And it took a very, very long time. And a lot of it was, like, I didn't want to think 
that like I was a child. Do you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if blame were on him yeah. and I was like, no one says the P word. Nobody says the P word. Don't call him a pedophile. He's not a pedophile. Like I'm a, I'm an adult. Yeah. And be like, fucking no, you're not. No, like, no, no, you're, you're definitely not. Yeah. You're super not. I um, remember what I was doing when I was 13 and I was dressing up like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like and... I was, I was a total idiot. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I, and, and you like, I wrapped myself up into thinking like, no, 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 no. Like I'm really mature for my age. And he just mm-hmm. sees that. No, and it okay. took about, it took a, like probably till I was 20, 21 to get like, oh, hmm. Yeah. That guy's and a skee-ball. It, it was like meeting another 13 year old and being like, oh. Yeah. I, w- this woman, I really, really resent her. I've I've seen a lot of, you know, uh, I've seen about four or five therapists in my life, and this one was the first one. Sure. And so I was especially vulnerable and yeah. really in a rough place, and I would go in and, and mostly would talk about my home life, which yeah. was not good. My mother was undiagnosed bipolar. Yes. And it was bad news bears. That is this, generally yes. And she didn't respond to the scandal very well at all. Oh, I would imagine not. Um, She made it my fault. Of course. So it was like, ugh, gross. And so I would talk to the therapist about that. Yeah. And she basically said, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Uh, I think she literally said, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. I think your mom's mentally ill and I think you are miserable living with your mother. And I think that as soon as you leave for college, all of your problems will go away because you just need to get away from your mother. Huh. And so me wanting there to be nothing wrong with me, I ate that up wholesale. Of course. And she goes, so I'm going to put you on Lamictal. And I'm going, isn't that the drug my mother takes for Mm. her bipolar disorder? Sure. And she goes, yes, but I'm not giving it to you for di- bipolar disorder, I'm giving it to you for anxiety, and I'm only starting you at a small dose. And when you go to college, just stop taking it. Uh-huh. None of that is good advice. None of it was good advice. She also. So, so Lamictal is that an antipsychotic or what? No, Lamictal's just a mood stabilizer. It's okay, the gold well, standard for treating bipolar depression. Okay. And that's, um, okay. it was just such a weird mixed series of messages for me like yeah that's a lot had no idea what to do and to have somebody say you will be fine and like everything will be better when you just get out from under the thumb of your mother yeah would make you resent her more a bit yeah like just a little bit though exactly and then i get to new york city Mm -hmm. at an arts college no at 18 Mm. as a semi-sheltered like had never gotten drunk had never really done Mm -hmm. drugs and did were you still on the mood stabilizer and then went off it when you showed up? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. well, that that would have been oh boy. But I was on such a low dose. Okay. Like there's this thing about Lamictal where it's got a very uh you, you need to take a therapeutic dosage and anything under your therapeutic dosage yeah. means fuck all, you might as well not be taking it. Okay. So I was taking such a small dosage of yeah. it and basically like freshman year hit me real hard. Sure, yeah. Roll, 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 roll barreled. Uh and uh, I got very depressed yeah. and very, very stressed out. And mm-hmm. uh, there was, like, an assault situation. And I was like, okay, like, I think I should kill myself. <laughs> you know how you do. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, yeah. just when you're overreacting and, like, this is the fucking worst. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. Obviously, I'm here. No, I'm a ghost. Oh. I've been a ghost this whole time. Oh, what a twist. <laughs> that's, that's why our hugs are so weird. <laughs> but I'm into it like a lot because Ecto- I'm literally into you because like you're literally passing through me mm-hmm. it and happens. it gives you an ectoplasm gasm mm, that's good an ectogasm ectogasm <laughs> and I, I see this I see this therapist at NYU 
mm-hmm. who gets my med history and is like, why were you on this? How are you on this pill? And I said, I don't know. I really don't know. Like mm-hmm. she wouldn't, she said I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but you're in here crying all the yeah. time. Just and your like mom, so much. just so, it really was like ugly crying. Just like, mm-hmm. just, I was just sitting there for an hour and just, just ball. And he's like, okay, so this is bad. And mm-hmm. your mom's bipolar. Therefore, ta-da. Yeah. And that's just, it, then cue four years of me being like, why is none of this working? And mm-hmm. why am I actually not depressed? Yeah. I've never, and I'd never had a manic episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never had a real depressive episode that was, that was not externally stimulated justified yeah uh and i would just sit there like talking to these shrinks being like guys i swear i, I swear to god like there is something up it's not the thing you say it is yeah Lamic- uh I, they put me on lithium and i got very <sighs> very uh, the worst year worst year of my life i yeah. put on 35 pounds uh-huh. um i was miserable nothing felt uh-huh. good i had no uh, anything i was just yeah. the, uh, i was wallpaper paste in a girl suit that's how it felt <laughs> oh god that's how my life felt oh but like the leaking <clears throat> out of the girl suit and it really did it just would ooze. yeah like out of the sides like morty mm-hmm. started like mm-hmm. rick style just mm-hmm. like bleh, bleh. come out of my ears you know like, there's that episode of invaders in where he gets all the organs inside my, that's what i'm imagining has, only with paste um he has three squeedly spooches yes <laughs> So, yeah, and it just, I, I gradually, like, over the course of, you know, three different doctors, because every time their residency would go up, they'd bump me to somebody else. Of course. Because uh, I was broke as fuck. Like and you do. I finally had one guy be like, wait a minute, so you've never had a manic episode? Mm-hmm. No. You just, and uh, you're not depressed? Mm-hmm. I, no, I'm just really, really anxious. I'm really, mm-hmm. really keyed up all the time. Mm-hmm. And everyone says that it's mania. Mm-hmm. And that's why they won't put me on... Uh, any sort of ADD drugs yeah. because clearly I'm a drug seeking, you know, junkie. Yeah. And that that stigma's shitty. That's I mean that's what they yep. that's what they would do. They'd be like if they're like you are bipolar says this so saith the chart. Mm-hmm. And therefore we can't give you stimulants. I'm like but 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 but. Mhm. Uh, but I can go buy several cups of coffee and I know where to get cocaine. Like right. you you are forcing my hand. And I and I went and I would self-medicate. I drank a lot of coffee. I when yep. I was when I was working at the dungeon, I did uh buy and use cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um never in excess, but to a point where I was like I don't I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to yeah, yeah. I'm not, not going to do some cocaine anymore. Mm-hmm. Um mostly because it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. expensive. Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's too expensive. Marie the baguettes. No, Hurry up. <laughs> no, I was doing George Takei when he talks about how oh. people say his name. He was my name is George Takei, as in to pay. Some people say Takai, which I don't mind because Takai is Japanese for expensive. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and I love that little sound bite. Um. So, but, but yeah, I, yeah, I would I would self die. I would self medicate. Yep. And finally, 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 one therapist was like, I can't change your diagnosis, but I think that if you're going to see somebody else in the future, you should not tell them about your diagnostic history. Yeah. He goes, I think that your baseline is just dialed up a bit. Yeah. And I'm like, doesn't that sound like ADD? Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, I won't say anything either way. I'm like, you mother, you motherfucker. Just oh, like, well, you're he, Pontius piloting the shit out of me super, right now. He super did. He was just, it was this ambivalent, like, I don't know, man. Like, nothing we've done has been working. And maybe, like. What you... is truth? <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> <And> perception <laughs> is everything. I mean, mental health is subjective. Um, so, yeah, like, mm. and, and, now, and now I'm seeing a talk therapist yeah. who, in one hour, leans back and he goes so first off out the gate really really bad hyperactivity yeah and i'm like you son of a bitch son of a bitch you're making me feel like you're the one person who can't like <laughs> prescribe me anything and you see it immediately yep uh so now i'm uh, i'm uh, but i i'm 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 now that i'm not on any medication i do feel better Aside from the fact that I could kind of use some some medication, you know. Yeah. So I just need a referral to somebody who will um listen. Yeah. Or who will or who will, or who will listen to my psychologist yeah. and trusts him because yes. if they trust him, it doesn't matter if they trust me. Yeah. And that's really really frustrating. It feels like it's a speakeasy, and you got to be on the list yeah. to get in. And the speakeasy is called Adderall. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> now, um, we're, when you were talking about like the whole bootstrap thing that you come from, was that like a really big hindrance when you're figuring out the, that you're not neurotypical? Yes. Talk about that, please. Um, I could not bear the fact that there was something me- uh, mentally wrong with me. Mm. I wanted. It to I be. I would use the word different, but okay. Sure, sure, sure. I'm t- I'm coming yeah. from. The, yeah, that's the how it felt. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. That how it's how I. But agreed, agreed. Yeah. I uh, wanted instead to be a bad person. Huh. I would have rather. Uh, Had it, a moral failing. Yes, it okay. made more sense to me to just be a mm-hmm. bad person or be a weak person or mm-hmm. someone like. My impulse control is because I'm not good. My mm-hmm. impulse control is like because I, you know, uh, uh, have have failed. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to there's something I can't help. Mm-hmm. There's something that's like innate. Um, because I think of my weirdly, like my da- my my dad has a very stoic attitude towards uh, mental health, and this has long since like messed messed me up in from youth onwards is and I, he didn't mean this to to do it i guarantee you he didn't um yeah but a very like key lesson in childhood was bad feelings don't need to affect you uh they shouldn't affect you and it is a personal weakness if you let them that mm-hmm. if I were upset, if I'd been hurt, if I skinned my knee, if I had been bullied, my father's little nugget of wisdom would be, you can notice those feelings and then not give in to them. That it was it was a it was a, a giving in. Mm-hmm. Um, Mind over a, matter thing. <sighs> yeah. My dad taught me when I was four years old to turn the water in my shower to ice cold and stand in it for a minute to teach myself mind over matter. That's not good. It's really messed up. Yeah. I didn't realize how weird it was until I told my a therapist yeah. as an adult. And he was like, not for nothing. Do you think that's... Mm-hmm. He's like, not for nothing. Do you think this might be uh, why you are uh, weirdly sexually submissive? And I was like, gross. What? What? Why? And he's like, um, I don't want to unpack this too quickly for you, but your primary paternal authoritarian uh-huh. figure encouraged you to be uh, physically uncomfortable to get praise. 
Yes. And I was like, I really wish you hadn't have planted that thought in my head because this was previously just like a really fun, kinky thing that I did. Yeah. And now you're making it, yeah. you're making it real weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know. Here, you, <laughs> He's yep. like, that's why you're probably drawn to authoritative people mm-hmm. who like can lay down the law yeah. and who aren't um, like there's a stricture. I've since like mm-hmm. divorced myself. Well, I've gotten. Yeah, I have divorced myself mm-hmm. from someone who was authoritative and strict. Interestingly yeah. enough. Uh-huh. Mm, go figure. Mm-hmm. But divorced myself from that whole. Life is a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like. For Jesus. You, I don't know what that means. Continue. Gross. But once you realize like um, that fantasies are fantasies. Yeah. And you stop really trying to like live something that makes mm-hmm. sense in a sexy part of your brain. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because you can get in a lot of just like. Yeah. Have, I, I based a whole marriage on it. Sure, yeah. Was, was this idea of, like, this weird 50s domestic, yeah. you know, father knows best fucking Ward Cleaver. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't work. A literally a bad taste in my mouth yeah. happened. But it's like, it's cute for an hour. Yeah. And, and I like tried a, to live that way. It's like a fun game to play yes. when you're, like, every three months when you're like, let's do something new, honey. Uh-huh. But like, like I'll wear only an apron. Yeah, and that's, like, that's <clears throat> very, very good for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then you nut, and then you're like, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, but no, my husband was like, I only, like, hang up my clothes a certain way. Oh. He wanted, like, oh. hospital corners. Now, to be fair, I asked for it. Yes. Like, I told him, like, this is, this is what my, like, brain heart wants. My melon heart. This is what my melon heart wants to quote Jake the dog, mm-hmm. and um, and he was like, "Cool, I love you, absolutely." And he dove like right in. Yeah, because he he was diagnosed ADHD and he was on Adderall and he had abused it. Yeah, um, he abused it to lose weight, and mm-hmm. the only time he ever he had control issues as well. Yeah, so I basically like gave him carte blanche mm-hmm. to be as controlling as he wanted. Yeah, and told him like and it will help me yeah and it will make me happy mm-hmm. well you know i mean and it did for a while and then i was like but wait a second i'm 20 and i'm married what the fuck is wrong with me what did i do <laughs> what did i do you were 20 that's awful young yeah i got married at 20 wow mm-hmm. see and it's things like that you have to bring your acting <laughs> Motherfucker, you keep trying to get me in back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Every it's time a- I get out, you pull me back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, boy, that's a. So, I, I mean, we were talking a bit about your dad once again in, like, a real life. And, like, he kind of has a lot of marks of, like, little to no empathy and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And yeah. the sociopathic tendencies. Yeah. And so... So two things make a lot of sense. Like, to me, like, the picture's pretty clear, actually. The narrative of your life and why you ended up where you are and what you're doing makes a lot of sense. And as much as, like, oh, yeah, of course a woman with undiagnosed bipolar disorder would say yes to a man who was persistent and didn't have any empathy and just went dogmatically after something. Yes, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Your mother probably also has, like, a bunch of weird PTSD stuff that she isn't really unpacking. Maybe. She loves to be worshipped. Um, uh-huh. There is this, like, you know, my mother would give up relationships as soon as they stopped being um, interesting. And as soon as, like, yeah. the princess, you know, sweeping you over the threshold was yeah, over, yeah. Um, she'd get really resentful. And my dad has that weird reverse misogyny where he loves to shower women Sure. With gifts and affection. But like a lot of women, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. Many women at the same time. Yeah. And when someone finally explained, like, just because he treats women nicely, air quotes, 
doesn't mean he is thinking of them as people. Yes. In fact, it's the opposite. They're like this. For one, sure. And and it never occurs. It's to an me. idea rather than a it, human. Yes. Yeah. And that's why he can interchange the woman. It yeah. Doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just a thing that. And it's you narcissistic do th- supply because yeah. they fucking love it. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. So that all makes sense, and that also would make sense why you are anxious and stuff. Because, like, Mm. growing up in that, that must have been very chaotic for you. What is unconditional love? (laughs) I'm asking. Well, it's the thing that's at the core of the Jedi beliefs is compassion. Uh, No. Yeah. But you can't be attached when you feel compassion to someone. That's the most important thing. So I'm in the middle of a video essay. No, I remember. I saw it. I've seen it. Um, (laughs) So anyway, but yeah, so that all like makes it. And like from what I, I, from what I know of you, I would also agree with your, like, I'm no authority. I'm no Jedi, but I know of the force. No, I am. Yeah, I know. But like, but I think you do just run hot. It's mm. just like you're just like a very hyperactive person, and that's fine. Like, and the thing, like, oh boy, because I had the reverse thing. Like, and I mentioned this earlier. I had the reverse thing of like, I went in to get checked out because I had a, my first major depressive episode. Actually, it was a mixed manic episode. Oh God! When I was 16, and my girlfriend had just broken up with me, so I was really depressed. But mm-hmm. I had, I could not sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I went in to get checked out, and they're like, no, he's probably just depressed and then also hyperactive. And I kind of turned to my mom. I'm like, isn't that bipolar disorder? And I'm like, not exactly. Mm. But it's like for a few years, like specifically because like my grandfather has it. My uncle have it, has it. I have it. You have that power too, Leia. No. Um, God damn it. There's a lot of like, I, I project a lot of metaphor onto the Star Wars. But anyway, so, but... <laughs> Also, X-Men's really important for some reason. So, Oh, go figure. Yeah, okay. weird. Huh. Let's get Marv Wolfman on the phone. You know, <laughs> but anyway, so it's this thing of like, wow, deep cut. Yeah, it was very good. Thank you. Um, uh, but, uh, Nerd cred. Very good. Very nice, my <laughs> wife. So <laughs> some days I just want to take my life. So... <laughs> Me laugh, I have to pee so bad, and oh, like I'm now sorry. my diaphragm is putting my gotta pee so bad. But anyway, go, go. I gotta so it was just like a reversal of your thing. Like, it took till like I had another like major life event happen where <clears throat> I was clearly in a manic. I barely remember like a month, like actually Shit. several months of my life where I'm just like I was like drinking way too much mm-hmm. and like did some stuff that it was very bad, and like it kind of put everything into focus and like in that way that a lot of people aren't really willing to accept nowadays of like this terrible awful thing happened girl but it made it very clear that it was a mistake and now i'm better for it like i learned from it yeah you can either learn from it or you can run from it as rafiki says it's sure. nice and I, I, it's interesting that you think that now to yeah. you say that people don't feel that way anymore do you think that people well i think are less accepting of of uh, traumatic they don't want to learn from them? Explain. I think, well, what I meant by that was I think the, specifically the way the internet has polarized opinion. Ah. Like, say um, someone, like, a, a good, like, people don't want to really believe in reform these days, it feels like. Yeah. Which is a huge, for me, who's a reformed person. Sure. If, like, Martin Luther level of reformation. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very frustrating, and I feel very bad about, like, like I'm not like, oh, the internet's bad for me, but, like, I feel often very bad because people I respect and admire are like, this person's bad, and they're always bad, and mm-hmm. they're never going to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not true. You can't say that. Like, a great example is Robert Downey Jr. and Mel Gibson. They're great punchlines, 
specifically Mal, because he said some bad shit. Sure, but I think that just, like, Hollywood has generally understood, like, okay, has have he's been through enough, right? Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, he was nominated for an Oscar for Hacksaw Ridge. Exactly. Like, if that's not going, okay, man, come back. Yeah. You've you've paid your penance. Yeah. You said your Hail Marys. Yeah. You said your Hail Marys. Hey, Hail. Nah. Hail. He said, y'all, Hail Marys. Ma. You said, you Hail Marys? You know, it's just great. Our fathers. You've done, <laughs> you've done, <laughs> our father who art in heaven. But that sounds a little bit like a Kennedy. Our, our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. But what's actually kind of funny about that little um, anecdote is the reason Hugh Jackman has like a regular non-Bostonian accent in the movie Prisoners is because if you take a Boston accent and you add a little bit of an English lil to it, you get Australian. Yeah. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, you'll heaven, you'll heaven's heaven. a little bit uh, New Zealand. Yeah, heaven. 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 I love them. New Zealand's um, my favourite accent. Out of all the accents, it's my favourite. It's the one I do the most. Um, we just watched uh, What You Do in the Shadows, What We Do in the Shadows, and that's a very good film. It's um, in New Taika Zealand. is Taika a fantastic here. director. I really like doing um, Tamara Morrison's voice. Moana, someday this island will be all of yours. Oh, you are a great. princess. Oh, and like, it's fabulous. Yeah, I like, I'm um, just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. If you it's like it, good. you should watch The Almighty Johnsons. It's a New Zealand okay. show about the... Um, it's like American gods, but um, campy and funny. And oh, that sexy. sounds great. It's all the Norse gods, for some reason, <laughs> um, okay. emigrated to New Zealand. And <laughs> right. there's a family that keeps becoming reincarnated versions of Norse oh, yeah, gods. It's, it's very so good. funny. It's so good. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I think, done. Yeah, I think a lot of people, like, they're not really willing to accept change and, like, accept really, like, they believe that this person... I found there's a lot of mistrust on when you start, like you're kind of saying, like paying your dues back. Like, and part of reform is going to people that you've hurt and apologizing. Another part is putting good into the world. Mm -hmm. And so when people who have done bad things put good into the world, people think that it's performative. They're so cynical about it. And it's to cover up what they did. And it's like, no, I've learned from this. And because of this mistake and this terrible thing that let I or this person have done, I'm trying to put an equal amount of good in the world, if not yeah. more, because you look at it and you go, no, this was bad. I'm not about that anymore. It, uh, I, uh, you're really hitting on something. I like that you mentioned Lutheran earlier because it is it is a weirdly Calvinistic. Like, and of all the things to come back to, don't what? bring it. Calvinism. No. I remember I was in Christian school and we tried to talk about Calvinism and the idea of predetermination like hurt my head yeah. as a child. It seemed it's so fundamentally unfair. Yeah. This idea that like before you're even born, God just decides who goes to hell and who goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. You can be as good a person as you want, but if at some point you didn't roll a Yahtzee, mm-hmm. you know, like you just you're you're bad you're yeah. an inherently bad thing and i i agree with you that i i never would have thought that it's with the advent of technology and the internet mm-hmm. but we do get we get snapshots it's yep. an interface we don't get nuance we get the presentation of what everyone wants us to see and it's so hard to walk any of that back mm-hmm. and also like by the nature of the internet making everything performative because social media is a performance <clears throat> it's look at how happy i am or look mm-hmm. how this thing happened it's not like sharing news which is what no. it was meant to be i guess mm-hmm. maybe i don't it was meant to rate women's faces because jesse eisenberg by which i mean mark zuckerberg was a shithole and was. is, is <laughs> was will forever be probably unless he changes and then i'll accept that right well i mean yeah yeah but it's okay. this thing of like also 
but going to predetermination, I do actually kind of believe in that in as much as okay. this is my this is my personal philosophy. You know, so I grew up Christian, so there's a lot of ideology scooching through there. There's this idea that it, once you pass on and you move on to the next plane of existence, that there's um, you become perfect, what you're meant mm. to be. You know, when you get to heaven, you're perfect finally. The, for me, the idea is in the multiverse, there's all these versions of you. All right. And once you all pass on, that energy becomes one thing. But the thing in the universe is the thing you need to learn in this universe. It's very similar to kind of reincarnation. You keep going. But cool. rather than coming back, you just scooch into this thing. And there's another multiverse where you scooch in. So, like, in one, I'm a very bad person. And that's what I have to learn. In this one, I'm learning to not be a bad person. Thank God I'm in this timeline. Yay, I'm not Hitler. Yay. Right. Fantastic. I could give you some pointers if you ever had to be Hitler. Yeah, that's fair. He uh, had a tremor in his left hand. <laughs> I did it. Oh, well. Okay. So. That's... And you have to love your mother a lot. Well, I do that. So I'm already a little like Hitler. Yeah. Well, couldn't we all be a little like, wait, 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 wait. walk that back, please. <laughs> Never mind. But like when you go and you enter in, like when you pass on, it's all this energy that is the perfect ideal. Everything you've ever learned, everything you're meant to learn is in this thing that's on the other side. Ooh. And so even A MacGuffin. If, yeah, I guess. A metaphysical MacGuffin. I don't know what that means. A MacGuffin? Oh, a MacGuffin is like the one ring. It's the, it's the, it's the item that drives the plot. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an, usually an all-powerful item, unlike the sonic screwdriver, which fuck the sonic screwdriver. It's a magic wand. It does whatever he wants it to. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm done. We're not talking about Doctor Who. No, we're definitely not. But, like, you go and, they like, and it all becomes one thing, and that's the ideal you. Like, that's yeah. what you're meant to be. And maybe we're all that one thing. Maybe cool. all the energy is that. I don't know. Like, mm. I don't pretend to know. Sure. Because I'm a boy. <laughs> I'm a small man in a basement. <laughs> like, what? Fuck me. <laughs> But yeah, basically that that's it. And so like, even like, but what's I, but once you kind of, for me, once you accept that, you there's a lot of like there's a less, there's a lot less pressure because uh. like the choices you make are the ones you're meant to make. Oh, that's cool. That I feel like is different from pre predetermination. Oh, yeah. But like I get I get mm. the I see the the what the connective tissue yeah. there the mm-hmm. sinew. Mm. No, first thing was like that marrow out of that bone um yeah i don't know that's a really lovely philosophy and i like i i like that it's so growth oriented and the 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 rock tumbler idea that we are gradually refined yeah um through suffering a plot point in the last good chuck polinick book sure and even then it's only midland affair Mm-hmm. It's haunted. I love him. I have a tattoo because of Chuck Palahniuk. Mm-hmm. Beatty dubs. Never mind. I didn't say beatty. Oh, fuck. I hate those. It's things. recorded it's, forever. There it is. Posterity, people. Um, I for a long time was really enamored. Posterity. That's when you that frame your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You have for a long time. You had a thing. I was enamored with the um, the His Dark Materials trilogy. Sure. The Golden Compass, Subtle Subtle Knife, and Amber Spyglass. And there is this beautiful, beautiful overarching pop point because basically that that book series was Philip Pullman getting to the end of the Narnia books and going, what? It's all about Jesus? Well, yeah. (sighs) Surprise. Surprise, I guess. I mean, it's very much there from the beginning. I know. but And he decided to do his own fantasy Mm -hmm. series um, where they kill God. Like, God, they kill God in it. And the church is the villain. And it's it's like, it's, it's. really wonderful um, mm-hmm. book. 
and its young adult status belies the maturity and its pages and its mythos. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this thing, there's this stuff, dust, and dust kind of holds the universe together. It's always capitalized, and it's, mm-hmm. it's maybe it's like the God particle, maybe it's like the collective hope. unconscious, hope, unconscious, hope, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and it, it settles on children when they develop uh like sexual feelings and self-awareness because yeah. in this universe they're they're kind of tied and i think that it is yeah um, for sure that as opposed to being an original sin it's like an element of self-awareness mm-hmm. and that which is a very positive and good thing agreed and so when people die they sort of join that their their spirit or soul or whatever yeah there is no heaven there's no afterlife they just sort of join this beautiful golden force for motherfucker Hmm. I'm, sorry. I'm gonna play that shoehorn for you. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> That's what you did. I don't care. I love it. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. So yeah, yeah the um. Oh no. That's my alarm saying. We hey, have to go. Not that I have to go. That I have 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> can I pee, please? Yeah. Take a break. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go. Go. Or we can stop. Whatever. No. You... No. 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 Okay. I'm gonna pause this. And well, we took, we took a break, and now we're back. Oh. And acknowledging that is fine. There's a moment in Hook that will break your heart. Oh. With several. There's, I mean, yeah. There's, like, two moments specifically. It's when, you know, oh, there you are, Peter. Mm-hmm. One, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, there's a moment where he comes back, and... Oh, goes, is it when Moira's old? Yeah. When Wendy's Ooh, old? No, when he comes back to his kids, and he goes to the window, and he goes, I told you, don't ever leave that open. And he, like wells up and you're just like oh no this guy really loves his kids oh god yeah oh fuck yep it's that movie that's a, it's a, a very, very loaded movie. uh it's a loaded emotional movie for yeah. me like having been a latchkey kid sure and um like wanting that that dad so yeah. badly because my dad moved away when i was five and he mm-hmm. like stayed in my life but in a very um a very practiced and performative way yes as i think we've talked about a yeah. little bit that like in his narcissism he was like this is the idea of a father that i am playing yeah and i'd only see him for you know like a weekend and it would be just just as fun 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 all the time yeah. and kind of empty and as i grew mm-hmm. older i came to resent those displays yeah. because they they didn't feel fatherly yeah. they felt friendly yeah and he never understood like as an adult why i'd be like i don't know man now i don't really want to confide in you because I there's no there's no emotional attachment here. Uh huh. And he yeah. took that very badly. And as soon as he found out, we had a, a reckoning about two years ago. And when he found out that I didn't like worship him the way that I did when I was a little kid, our relationship has kind of effectively ended. Because wow. he want he he wants me to think the sun shines out his ass. And when I explained, I can love you, and not like things you do. Yeah, that's that's how a thing. adult relationships work. Yeah. That's how nuance works. That's how love works. It's mm-hmm. like, I love you. You're my dad. These things have hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. and these things are what I'm learning about you. And he's like, Why don't you respect me? Why don't you love me? I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like binary much? Yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. but emotional capital and figuring out like how much you can put into a person and how much you're. That's rough. That's growing up. You know. Yeah. Figuring out just how much energy you can put into people and things and yeah no that that is a huge part and it's also like i find a lot of people my age have a very hard time with understanding like actual adult relationships because like there is this like i think also because of the internet there's this arrested development that a lot of millennials have and Mm -hmm. 
and it's very difficult and it's like a lot of it also has to do with the fact that like, a lot of them don't like as hard as they have it quote unquote like they they haven't experienced a personal loss that has changed them right and that's what the only way to learn that it's not about you is have something happen to somebody else that you love and like that's really it's really rough mm-hmm. but that's what you do and i noticed that the the it, privilege comes with that like Eric and I talk about that a lot because he had a very rough childhood. So he's like, yeah, well, who the fuck am I? It doesn't, like, I don't matter. Like, I want things, but if they don't happen, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not entitled to anything from anyone ever. Yeah. You got to break that kind of solipsistic. Mm-hmm. This, that's probably not the best usage of that word. I don't but, know that what that word uh, means. So sol- I was <clears throat> Solipsism to- is when you are, you believe that you are the only thing that's real. I see. Yeah. The no. people, you know, People go away when I'm not looking at them. Object permanence bad. Bingo. I have that, but like in uh, like an anxiety way. Oh. Like I'm very aware that when someone says goodbye to me, that might be the last time I see them. Oh God! So like you're hyper aware. Yeah, and that's of why. The, oh God. That's why like I'm very intense, and there's this emotional weight all the time, and mm-hmm. people like a lot of people cannot handle that. And I find that super endearing. Well, I'm it's glad you think one so. of my favorite things about you. Well, thank you. Is that you are. Not only a very, I mean, it's not just kissing your ass. Like yeah. you're a very good friend, and um, you're a very thoughtful person, mm. good and bad. Like everything that comes with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's something that I wish I could emulate more because I feel very scattered and frenetic and thoughtless at times. And I mm. realize, with my always being able to pull out of my own body and look at myself, which mm-hmm. is a very frustrating thing that comes along with the disease, is I'm mm-hmm. constantly just, like, watching myself do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what my anxiety does. I just disassociate. Just, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can see myself from here. And <laughs> so funny. I was hoping that's where it was going. Oh, and really? did it, and it was so good. Wee! I literally collapsed. It's cool. I'm dead. Oh, no, please. So oh, I, um, and shit. Shit, shit, shit. But you're... Ah, and I can see uh, the a split second after I do or say something. And I yeah. go, oh, man, that looks so bitchy. That that come, like, that can be misconstrued so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I can seem like a, an absolute, like, pretentious flake. And I'm sure maybe not. I'm sure it's also my incredibly self-judgmental attitude going, guess what? You look... Like a fucking bitch. All the time. Everything you say. I love this Adventure Time character that's on your... Uh, do you got any apples oh my God. for me? What is my favorite? The the episode when he goes in his own brain. Oh, yeah. Bellamy me bug. Yes. Mm, I don't know, fellow. Why don't you tell me? Yes. And that Bellamy bug comes up and goes, I hope you know. You seem like a right cunt. Yep. I'm terribly sorry. But you're trying to be. You're trying to be funny. It was not funny. Mm-hmm. It seems very <laughs> mean spirited. And that is true. Yeah. Like, what I think is is funny comes off real nasty. But it also is this thing of like people. Okay. Two things about <laughs> uh, several things. Number one, people can be very positive and very bad. That is a thing that is like that. That cognitive dissonance, whatever you want to call about it, mm-hmm. is very hard for people to handle. Like, I've done, I've been flaky and bad, but I'm also, I like to try to be as considerate as possible. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, jokes can be 
lies or they can be truths. Uh. When you say something bitchy, it's generally a lie. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> or it's a truth that you're expressing yourself, but you're expressing yourself in a positive <clears throat> way, even though it's a negative thing you're feeling. So it's a mm-hmm. good coping mechanism, number one, right. about humor. Number two... It's just like you don't like it's like okay so like self-deprecation is also a way of doing this it's like people don't understand that it's sarcastic yeah like oh man i just hate me huh mm-hmm. and people are like oh honey i'm like no, no i don't believe just, this don't yeah because like i don't like i can take a punch sure. i know and there's a shadow of truth in it and but, that's that's sometimes why some folks i think more maybe indigo mm-hmm. children perhaps <laughs> Yes. <laughs> empaths. Someone mm. described themselves as an empath. I wanted to punch them in their fucking face. Yeah. Like, I, I'm an it, empath. Because <laughs> it's one of those things of, like, if you actually are, you don't want to bring it up because you, it's a, it's exhausting. I'm an INTP. It's and a, a sapiosexual. Oh, man. This person you're making, I just don't like them. It's everyone on OkCupid. Okay Suck a dick. Okay, I've never used that site because cool, don't. look at me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I could get lost in your dimples. Ooh. <laughs> But yeah, um, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's a curse because like when someone's like venting, like say we're at work and they, they have a table that was really rude to them. I don't like, cause I'm very empathetic. I don't, I often will shut off and Eric has been really good at tracking it because he will come up and be like this fucking asshole. And I'm like, yes, that sounds terrible. That because must, you sponge. Emotion I can't. Sponge. Yep. I can't bring that, put that in me because then I'm upset. But mm-hmm. like. The good, the thing that changed my life is Mark Maron's girlfriend said when he was freaking out once, it's like, oh, that must be very uncomfortable for you. And I'm like, that's it. Because she works with autistic kids for a living. And so you have to go, well, that must be bad for you, but I'm not taking that on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, com- that's compassion. I'm learning that's that. Unconditional now. love. Oh, God. That's it. I mean, really do feel like at 26, I'm trying to figure out what it is. Yep. And how to do it, mm-hmm. and how to receive it. Well, I love you. Oh, I love you. Good. Good. Thank you for being on. Thank you. Hello, I'm Tristan Miller. And I'm Miles Moore. Hey, Tristan, do you like movies? No, I think they're all garbage and bad and we should stop making them. If there was only some way for me to experience new movies, but I don't like going to the movies or watching movies. I want people to describe movies to me. So you want like an audio medium where someone will send you, Uh like regularly send you a description of of better movies than the ones being made, like cooler, more like sexy yeah, that sounds like an ideal situation. How could I do that? I think I have a solution to your problem. What's it? Let me pitch this at you. Wink. Elevator pitch. Oh, what's that? It is a podcast where two best friends. Oh, who are they? Are they us? It's me and you. We're best friends. 
we pitch fake movies at each other and see who comes up with a better movie that week. And the loser has to spend uh, spend uh, the time until the next show uh, in an elevator. Oh, God. Yeah. Elevator pitch comes out every other Friday. Going up! Going up!